This is Inspired Astrology with Lauren K. Hickman, offering energy interpretation for every new moon, full moon, and significant celestial event. Hello and welcome to the Inspired Astrology podcast. Today is October 5th, 2021, and this is going to be your new moon in Libra report for the 6th of October with that coming in. So Libra season has been in full force. Libra rules harmonizing and integration, balance, words like equality, appreciation of opposite viewpoints, negotiation, counseling, partnerships, sharing, interdependence, overcoming codependency. And then those Venusian acts like luxury, elegance, pampering, good taste, um, being companionable, being likable, attracting the things that you need, working with indecision, um, parts of the body that Libra rules, the adrenal glands, you know, how are you working with stress in this season, especially with Mercury retrograde and all these planets going direct this month? Um, other organs like the kidneys, right? Uh, interesting enough, like, you know, think of Libra as this very harmonizing and calm, balancing energy. And the kidneys in a lot of Eastern medicines is associated with anger and how we work with anger. The liver too, I hear that as well, but, but certainly about how we process things. Think about what the kidneys represent. So, well, we can, we can talk more about how you're processing, how you're consuming, how your perspective is working for yourself, especially during an air element season. The air element representing the mind, communication styles, space specifically, all of those kinds of things. Uh, so I wrote a little ditty the other day about power dynamics in this season. And the backdrop of energy this week resonates with power dynamics. We know the visual of the Libra glyph, scales in constant state of harmonization. While life's variables shift and change with as much certainty as the wind element it's aligned with. Where there is one unification, where there's two opposition. Tension is a beautiful dance in the cosmos. It creates conversation, connection, competition, which is sort of equal to innovation, if you think about it, and collaboration. Shadow contrasts light, so they both exist. But what is shadow but unlit light? The absence of awareness And without the shadow, we may not see what we know or what we do not know. This dynamic can put one or the other opposing force in the position of control. So maybe you are someone who is uncomfortable with decision-making. Perhaps you prefer someone make the effort to ease your indecision. Or maybe you are uncomfortable with being out of control. So you'll dominate or influence or manipulate to find your outcome, your desired outcome. But both of these positions manipulate. Manipulation is one of those built-in gifts for Libra energy. You can mask it with charm, 
diplomacy, compromise, or grace, but there is a motive behind every movement. Whether you enjoy submissive, unimpressionable, or dominant and impressing, positioning in the way you move through the world, there is power in both places. So here is your reminder that it's okay to take your time. It's okay to be frustrated when you feel powerless from both angles and from both sides of the coin. So that's just some thoughts about balance and the Libra season, some of these themes coming up. So we'll talk a little bit. I wanted to read a little bit from Ryan Evans' uh, report about the new moon. Uh, Ryan Evans and I are currently working on a book. Uh, We've taken a little break because life is life and all the things are happening at once. But uh, Ryan Evans' evolutionary astrology based in Viroqua, Wisconsin, he writes, We exist in polarity. We exist in duality. We have spirit and matter. We have freedom and responsibility. We have facts and philosophy. We have our inner world and our outer world. Everything exists in a tension of us and them and now and then and in and out and up and down. It is important to remember this because with this new moon, our challenge, our healing and our happiness rest in doing everything in our power to merge, blend, balance, and harmonize all of the polarities in our lives. How can we maintain a strong sense of self and still be in a powerful and nurturing relationship with others? How can we be safe in a place with our being while still bringing that self out into engagement with this world? How can we be in the present moment and still work towards a vision of future manifestation? How can we balance our inner and outer light and dark and devil and angel and body and soul? Ryan Evans right there. If you are not on Ryan Evans uh, Community Supported Astrology on Facebook, uh, let me know. I will get you in touch with that, but you should definitely get in. He does daily um, reports that he posts on a private Facebook group, and they are num, 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 num. a month to support community supported agriculture, agriculture, astrology, CSA. Well, I mean, you should support your uh, local CSA as well when it comes to agriculture and farming. If you're in the Des Moines area, highly, highly recommend um, uh, Jordan. I can't think right now. Hold on. Grade A Gardens. Couldn't remember the name of the name of the garden. Great A Gardens, out uh, south of Des Moines. Um, if you're in that area, I'm still getting to know the awesome Wisconsin farming community up here in the Milwaukee area. I will let you know when I figure out what my CSA is up in this neighborhood. Um, let's get to the space calendar this month. There is a lot happening. So. The new Libra moon, which is going to be hitting up tomorrow, the 6th. We have a lot of planets stationing direct as Mercury continues its retrograde in Libra season. So Pluto stations direct today, October 5th, 2021. It has been in retrograde for some time now. And 
you know, I've talked some about these larger Pluto themes, specifically in regards if you are in the United States, uh, currently incarnated in this uh, cultural phenomenon of America. Pluto is making its full cycle, the Pluto return of the United States, hitting up in February. It'll hit at 26 degrees Capricorn. Um, And as it has moved in retrograde, it has definitely brought up a lot of uh, more stirring, more information to what exactly we are processing as a country, as a culture, as individuals within this this body of beings, right? If you are a cell within a greater whole, you doing yourself, your goodness, your healing process is only going to benefit the bigger picture. Pluto is always asking us how to transform ourselves to meet soul. Uh, Mundane astrology will call it the God of hell, right? But uh, what is hell but a state of consciousness? Am I right? So maybe considering what is in the subconscious, what is beneath the surface, what is in the shadow realm, right? We were just talking about that with Libra, bringing together, integrating the whole, bringing that up to surface is what Pluto's job is within our own makeup and within the collective. So as America approaches this Pluto return, it is going to intensify, according to many astrologers. Um, Fortunately, Pluto moves super slow, so hopefully uh, divine timing that everything will unfoil, unroll, unravel uh, as gently as possible. And I encourage you to always qualify any wishes, hopes of integration and healing with those words as gently as possible. May I heal as gently as possible. May we as a collective heal as gently as possible. So Pluto stationing direct, um, maybe something will come to surface for you personally, you know, in those degrees, those later degrees of Capricorn, should you be a Capricorn sun at the later part of, uh, of January moving towards Aquarius season, if you have planets in any of the cardinal directions, Aries, Libra, or Cancer in those later degrees, you might consider what is squaring, what is tensifying, what is friction style for you. Um, you know, and then there's some trines that come in with (laughs) other earth signs. So you might find some, um, integration happening on a greater level with more ease than those of us who have the (laughs) cardinal energies in our chart. And of course you can get in touch with me to do a reading or check in with your local astrologer if I'm not the one for you. Um, But of course, understanding how these Pluto directives in our lives, which are usually slow and deep and kind of secretive considering its placement in the subconscious and the sub-psyche of our our being. All right, so Pluto stationing direct today, uh, October 7th. Venus entering Sagittarius, another fire sign for Venus. Um, always, always a freedom-loving moment when Venus enters Sagittarius. This could be about maybe trying out some new activities, uh, maybe getting some extra energized movement, and uh, maybe some reading if that is your Sagittarius expression of uh, gathering more information. Or maybe you're going to be on some kind of truth-seeking adventure. Who knows what this will bring up for you, depending on where uh, Venus and Sagittarius enters your chart. 
We have some meteor showers this month. The Draconid meteor shower are peaking this weekend. So if you are out in a rural, 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 rural area, you should go check out if you can um, locate those Draconoid meteor showers in your area. Um, Southern Torrid's meteor shower is peaking as well. Um, great time for all of that, including the Orionid meteor shower. So we have three kind of hitting up this month. This is a pretty magical month with the with the universe. Let me tell you. On October 9th, Mercury is going to conjoin with the sun. Always a pleasure when we have these transits of recognition, maybe your your mind unifying with your your being. I hope that is the case for you. Uh, maybe bringing something to light, to light. October 10th, Saturn stations direct. Wow, we have another planet going direct this month. Oh, and guess what? A few more right after that. So Saturn representing authority, karma specifically. Um, Karma is not as simple as that uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is um, good karma. The, the things that you, the blessings and benefits that have, you have uh, bestowed upon others, maybe reaping the benefits of that, um, as well as uh, things that you need to work on that coming to surface. That could be the case. I mentioned authority figures. This is not necessarily um, male authority figures, but that definitely can can uh, manifest that way with Saturn. Um you know, if, if you've been feeling restricted, you know, depending on where Saturn is hitting up in your chart, this might give you some insight into where there is some freedom, some loosening, any of the hard work that you have accumulated during this cycle, maybe releasing into the cosmos in a beautiful and, uh, and structured way as Saturn likes to do. Uh, but hopefully the hard work that you've been putting in is going to reap the benefits, right? It's fall harvest time. October 18th, both Mercury and Jupiter station direct. We will get uh, more on that next episode at the end of Libra season. Uh, But this Mercury retrograde, wow, chaos factors, right? Who else is going through it, my friends? Um, Yesterday, uh, what was that, the 4th of October, we had all the social media platforms down, um, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, um, and, you know, for, for those of us who have the privilege of not, uh, not needing to rely on WhatsApp in our culture to communicate with loved ones and friends, um, just so you know, there's a lot of people out there who depend on that for their basis of communication because of lack of infrastructure or just use, utilizing that um, as their way of connecting Uh a lot of developing cultures. Um, so this wasn't just the impact of our uh, getting our social fix or our <laughs> one of the dopamine hits that we get from Instagram, from the likes and the endless scrolling that hits those little bing, bing, those little buttons in your brain <laughs> that we're all addicted to in a way. Um, I speak for myself, but I think it's it's pretty clear that uh, social media is pretty problematic for the way our brains are wired. Uh, it's just like getting those Mario coins on uh, Nintendo as a kid with those likes and with those um, those pictures and images all flashing through our brains. 
so maybe it was good that we all got a day off from that madness. But a lot of a lot of astrologers are like, oh, Mercury retrograde in Libra, right? Relationships. Maybe we have to look at ourselves for a minute when we can't refresh our feed. And Jupiter stationing direct. Wow, another blessing transit. Uh, Jupiter had moved into Pisces and then back into Aquarius. Uh, astrologers like Eliza Kelly uh, really put it out there that there was a correlation between the mask mandates and Jupiter. So um, I don't know if you look back in history during the last pandemic, uh, a lot of astrologers were blaming Jupiter for the association with the with the the pandemic, right? Back then, the uh, Spanish flu uh, of 1918 through 1920. So, huh, 100 year year cycle with that. Um, I am not going to confirm or deny that statement. But as I always say, astrology is reflective and not causal. Uh, So maybe we'll see some big shifts, right? You know, Jupiter and Pisces, blessings, unity, oneness, Aquarius has all been about uh, taking care of each other, looking at things from a greater perspective, how we individually affect the masses, um, how our choices impact other people. So hopefully we have learned our lessons through this uh, transit of Jupiter through Aquarius and then retrograding back in. Uh, then our Aries full moon will hit on October 20th, um, right at the end of Libra season. So pretty magical Aries and Libra oppositions there. Uh, just to give you an idea of the new moon in Libra for tomorrow, um, we have a Kazemi between the moon, the sun, and Mars, all in Libra at 13 degrees. Uh, this is pretty magnificent, this kind of energy. Um I mean, Mars and Libra is incredibly diplomatic. I mean, this is this is like the kind of signature that you want for uh, a leader in a military or in, in your organization, somebody that can see things from both sides and then take action with the bigger picture in mind, with the relationship in mind. And we, we've been watching Stranger Things again. You know, it's the season for... Uh, for kind of Halloween-y, shadowy, creepy movies and stuff. And uh, I've watched Stranger Things a couple times, but I think about Elle a lot and her her learning of language through Hopper and some of the other characters about promises and then words like compromise. And Hopper says to Elle, um, comp, compromise, compromise. It's when everybody's a little bit happy and I think there's some truth to that. My teacher would always say that a compromise is when no one is happy, that because it's it, no one's winning in the situation. It's where everybody's coming together. And maybe that's the Mars in Libra energy conjunct this moon. Uh, it's not always about getting what you want, but being in relationship means that being in right relationship with everything. So it's not always that Venus immediate gratification, that pleasure component, um, but give and take which comes with all things. You'll hear me talk about Libra and the concept of right relationship. And when I say right relationship, I'm referring to 
the um, the Buddhist noble path, the eightfold path, uh, which actually splays out into a greater twelve if you get into the esoteric understanding of the eightfold path. But right relationship is one of those components, one of those ways of working with your mind and working with your energy appropriately. You might remember words like right livelihood, right action, right speech, right thought. Um, those are some of the the basic tenets there, and um, maybe I should be teaching a class on this on a greater level. Um, who wants to get on Teachable and and hear Lauren K. Hickman talk a little bit? <laughs> I always feel silly like saying my whole name, but that's that's my business thing. A lot of people call me Ren. <laughs> Anyhow, right relationship um, occurs with all things. Um, everything has consciousness. Everything has consciousness. Your phone, your earbuds that are in your ears, the car that you are currently driving in, the paint on the wall, the glass that you drink from. Everything is sentient and has consciousness from where I stand. All right, you can you can discern this to to whatever degree that you want, but you are relating with everything that you come in contact with. And how you choose to relate, whether you slam a door or shut it gently, whether you toss the cigarette butt out the window or if you extinguish it properly and put it in a trash or rubbish receptacle, uh, that is a choice. Everything is a choice. And what does Libra constantly have to deal with is choice, right? Decision making. What is it that you want? What is it that that you desire? Is it harmony? Is it peace? Is it luxury? Is it calmness? Is it serenity? Right? Is it, it all depends on how you perceive it and how you're moving through the world, how you decide to connect with your plants and your animals and the food that you eat and the dishes that you touch. Just think about that. You know, maybe just start with water. How do you relate with water? How do you relate with your clothing? Um, I'm not always great at that. Definitely my place is a mess right now. It's a lot of chaos with the moving and whatnot. Um, but I, I wanted to give you an update on what's going on with my car uh, since we're talking about right relationship. Um, for those who listened, uh, you know, I think it was two weeks ago when I did the uh, the Pisces full moon report. Um, I let you know publicly that my Hyundai was stolen uh, by juveniles here in the Milwaukee area. It was crashed and trashed and egged, and it was it was a bad it was a bad situation. Many good things have come out of that. Um, my perception of the car after. Um, forgiving the situation, forgiving myself, being angry, all of the things that I was feeling. Um, I think the forgiving of myself was probably the most difficult thing to navigate here. And I will definitely write a book someday about how to adult uh, dealing with life and all the stupid shit that comes with it by Lauren K. Hickman. Um, (laughs) We'll see, maybe a pamphlet, maybe a novella. Um, I, I forgave myself for not having proper insurance in this situation. I did what I could at the time, and now I'm dealing with the consequences of that. So getting the car cleaned out, getting the glass and the garbage out of there, taking it to get repaired by um, really nice people, 
uh, who kind of remind me of my, my dad's generation or something like that. I don't know, just uh, the nostalgia of American vehicles, right? And here I have this Hyundai that is trashed. Um, and I, I felt like I had to change my perspective and be in right relationship with my car because my immediate response was, I don't want this. I want to get rid of it. I want it away from me. I never want to look at this car again. Rejection, 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 which is all aggression, right? I can't deal with this. I can't be with this situation. It is too much for me. I'm angry, right? So I had to shift that perspective like, okay, this is, this is broken and we can fix it. It, it can, it can, if I put time, attention and energy, and in this circumstance, it's money because I cannot fix my own car. I do not know how to do that. But the exchange of energy financially for someone else to do the healing work on this vehicle uh, in lieu of repairing it, putting it back together again. And that was a choice. That was me being in relationship with my vehicle and trying to do the right thing. And I reached out to my audience here through the podcast and through Instagram land, 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 out into the vastness and void of space and interconnectivity. And I, I said, hey, I'll answer questions for 20 bucks. You can ask me anything. And you ask questions and some of you didn't. Some of you just sent me a Venmo payment for nothing else than to support my circumstance and then Kin, Kin, the mystical shop in Des Moines, Iowa, that has helped to create me into the person I am today, who's probably helped many of you listening out there in TV land, um, who've entered that space, that Venusian, beautiful, enlightened energy of a space, you know, not enlightened in the like above thou or whatever, but more of the light and space that it that offers a sense of community, a sense of beauty to beautify your body with jewelry or home goods that make things more pleasant, right? Um, Kin is in the East Village of downtown Des Moines uh, in the 333 building, which I have a lot of history with. Uh, I am so grateful to Heather and Parker Rowe for putting it out there. She, uh, she posted a pink amethyst crystal, um, a larger piece that's, that's absolutely stunning. It's, it's like the shape of a heart. And pink amethyst is, is a little more rare formation of crystal. And she put that out there and uh, had a raffle for me. And they're going to draw tomorrow on the new moon. Um, and I, I put out there a half hour reading as a, as a runner up prize. But uh, thanks to you in the last week and a half, um, we've raised enough to cover half of my damages. Um, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in damages. It's somewhere between five and six thousand. And we've raised about twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, to help me pay for uh, a situation outside of my control. And I want to thank every single one of you that have sent your thoughts, your donations, even just to let me know that you sympathize or empathize with the circumstances because it was, it, it rocked my world. And then the next day, my mom broke her arm in two places. It's like, how could it get any more chaotic than that? 
so I, I really appreciate all of you reaching out. It really touched my heart in a very sincere way and has taken a lot of pressure off uh, so that I can focus on continuing to do my work um, and not just sit around and, and cry and feel sad that uh, kids stole my car and are continuing to steal cars in the Milwaukee area and getting hurt. Um, I really, I hate, I hate to think that this is, um, how community is now. So, um, going to see what I can do to make an impact from where I stand, but you have made a huge impact on my ability to continue doing my thing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully the vehicle will be ready for me to come down for my Des Moines appointments, which are completely booked out from October 20th through the 25th. Um, in the Des Moines area, I'll be doing full two-hour um, sessions with new clients, previous clients. I'm so looking forward to a Reiki retreat week for myself and being able to to channel and send all of this energy towards you. So thank you so much. Um, so that's the update on the car. Uh, they're working on it. Looks like the back tailgate is in. Uh, we'll we'll see where this goes from here. But thank you for your support. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you're interested in taking a first degree Reiki class, uh, do get in touch with me or send an email to teaching the ageless wisdoms with an S teaching the ageless wisdoms at gmail.com. Uh, my teachers inform me that she'll be doing some Reiki one retreat training weekends in the Des Moines area coming up here soon. Uh, I don't know exactly the dates. Uh, I know she was mentioning Halloween weekend and hoping to do one weekend a month uh, to accommodate for social distancing and being able to see smaller groups of people. Uh, So teaching the ageless wisdoms at gmail.com or reach out and I will get you hooked up and linked into that. Um, I'm looking forward to co-teaching classes as I continue my mastership training. All right, so that was a little bit off off the cuff there. Uh, so new moon is tomorrow, and we've been talking all about Libra season. And of course, I'm chitty chatty because that's exactly what <laughs> this season is about, is chitty chatting. And I hope that you are finding um, ways to, to beautify your life, to take care of yourself, to have meaningful conversations, to catch up with old friends, to catch up on old projects if that's what needs to get done. Um, we got a house and all I've been doing is trying to beautify a space, but first you got to rip into it and, and rip it apart, which feels very Plutonian, uh, as we move into Scorpio season, getting beneath the surface, uh, cleaning out the grout and the grit and the gross and, uh, making it, making it beautiful again. Can't always paint lipstick on stuff. Sometimes you have to get down to the, uh, the underbelly to heal what's underneath the surface first. Uh, Today on the show, I have Travis Abels, and Travis is an avid biker, and they met my partner doing ragbri on a a team called Dude Storm, Babe Storm, Uh, and Travis and Tree went out, they were out on a bike adventure out in Portland uh, just in July. And Travis was able to stop through Milwaukee and hang out for a couple days, which was pretty freaking awesome. And by the last day, we did an interview sitting on my meditation area on our little tatami mat over here with all the plants that I'm looking at right now. 
and we did a recording and it stopped right at 18 minutes. And we continued the interview as one does. And uh, I was really sad that our little private, crying, tearful, beautiful interview uh, was deleted um, somehow. And this was even prior to Mercury Retrograde. So sometimes that stuff just happens with, with my podcast. I don't know what, what the gig is. Did I start the podcast during a retrograde? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But it's just a stinker that these things happen sometimes. But Travis and I got back on. Uh, we got on Zoom and we did a second interview, which was beautiful and meaningful. Uh, it won't be the same as the first one, but nothing ever is. And that's par- probably part of learning impermanence is just letting go of things and not trying to recreate them, but moving into a new space and into the moment and just accepting things the best that you can. Travis is a Libra extraordinaire. I have not looked at his chart but um, everything that he does is <laughs> Libran. He is a beautiful, gorgeous human being from heart to the way that they move through the world, the way he moves through the world. Um, he, he's actually starting a, an artist's way group today that I get to be a part of with my partner. And the artist's way was... Uh, was written many, many years ago um, by Julia Cameron. And she wrote this book, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity, that's sort of based on the 12 steps of other other healing programs. And some of you may have uh, tried out morning pages before. It's this practice of getting up and just like barfing out your brain first thing in the morning. Um, but you know, this, this is about taking yourself out on artist states and working through some of the old pains and criticisms that you received in your childhood or from the stories that we tell ourselves. So it is kind of a a healing path. And, you know, Travis as a Libra is very relational, uh, always playing games, always connecting, always talking. And I, I was just really impressed with the way that he communicated and the way that he, um, always included people in the conversation and was just moving towards an integration process. And we we talked some about relationships, which of course is such a huge part of the Libra identity. Uh, Libra in the seventh house, which Libra rules, they are not the same thing, but it is, it is the house of mirroring, the house of relationships, the way that we move through the world and how we uh, receive and attract others to help us to see ourselves more. And, you know, I had, I had a sponsor who shared with me that you cannot learn about relationships without being in them. And I think that's such an important thing to remember is that without taking risks, without putting our heart out there, without allowing ourselves to be hurt, um, we don't get to grow uh, the way that we potentially could. Um, so for everyone who is experiencing heartbreak or heartache or longing or desire, I see you. It's such a it's such a part of the human experience as much as elation and growth and <laughs> the process of just learning how to talk and to be with another person and especially learning how to talk and to be with yourself and to treat yourself the way that that you desire to be treated. So I will bring Travis Abel's on um, and post their Instagram a- account. Uh, they they do a lot of silly, fun projects. Uh, 
I'm thinking of uh, interview with plants, which you may have seen me post a few of those, but I'll, I'll find a beautiful picture of Travis and uh, some of some of the work that he's putting out there. But he's, you know, involved with film editing, with art and photography and writing. And I found out that he knows Channy Nicholas. And I thought, wow, I am now one degree from from Channy, the Channy that's out there doing the good work with astrology and helping to bring this information out to the world. So appreciative of all of the astrologers out there who are bringing this information back into the mainstream so that we continue to work with ourselves, to work with our own consciousness, our growth, and our part in this greater cycle of the cosmos. Here's Travis. Stay inspired. Kin is a modern mystical shop located in the heart of Des Moines, Iowa's East Village. Femme-centric at its core, Kin is a woman-owned and operated business. The shop is filled with specialty products from women-owned businesses across the country. Candles, body care, the shop's Venusian energy comes in as soon as you step into the door, whether it's online or in person. Ethically sourced crystals, Palo Santo and Sage are just some of the highlights, along with an exquisite collection of vintage jewelry. Shop online at kindsm.com and let them know that Lauren sent you. Well, wow. Travis, thanks for coming back and meeting with me since we had technical difficulties. But no I, I really, you know, part of uh, part of my work is trusting the process, and um, that sometimes that's an uncomfortable journey. Yeah, and maybe we'll invite that into our story sharing today. You stayed with me in Milwaukee the last couple of days, and now you're back in Indiana visiting family. And I know that you were born, um, you know, in Kentucky and spent a good chunk of your youth in Louisville. And, um, you know, all of us, you know, have been considering Louisville this last year with the murder of Breonna Taylor and so many of the things that happened in 2020 that draw our attention to the complete line drawn down the center of our society in this moment. And, you know, there's this 50, 50 point, this swing, this division, this polarity that is really ripping our country apart. And we're seeing that all over the world. And, you know, you and I are both artists in our own right, you know, whether that's the healing arts or the visual arts or the creative goofy silliness that we sort of bring to the world through our relationships but I know that um, that Louisville's experience in your adulthood has sort of informed the work that you've been putting out there. And I, you know, I was trying to guess your birthday, you know, I, was like, <laughs> I think you're an air sign. You're definitely an air sign. Yeah. And you're like, you got it all wrong. I'm a Libra. And I'm like, bam, that's it. That's the air sign. I just got the other two wrong. <laughs> but I mean, there's so much more to our astrology makeup than just the sun sign. But um, as this, you know, as this podcast has evolved, you know, I've been, you know, inviting people on who share those qualities or those elements of the season that we're in. And as, you know, uh, we'll soon be in Libra season, I love that I got to connect with you and really want to share and celebrate your story. So thank you for joining me. And, um, you know, I, which Care Bear would you be? Oh, wow. Maybe that's a good question to start with. (laughs) <laughs> that is a fantastic question. I wish I knew what Care Bears 
there even were to choose from. Um, but I, I'm going to assume that there's one of them that um, communicates through its heart. <laughs> Let's just say that's probably one of them that, that like intakes um, whatever thunderstorms might be brewing in the sky and like pulls it in through the head and then tries to process it through the inside and shoot out rainbows through its heart core. Um, is there one that does that? Yeah, we'll call it a transmutive bear. Okay. <laughs> or or Tonglen bear for those who practice Tibetan Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be that care bear. Um, All right, that works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I guess, I, I don't know if um, there's one that's just constantly in pursuit of connection in all forms. Um, but that's, that's definitely been my story. And whether I've even realized it or not, um, that seems to be the driving force behind almost every action and certainly the, the way I engage with the world creatively. Well, I'd love to hear about that, that journey for you. Cause we did talk a lot about connectivity mm-hmm. And about narrative and about relationships and storytelling mm-hmm. and harmonizing all of those very like Libran ideals. Like even, yeah. even beauty is a big piece of that. And I think that, that the beauty that you really seek is in human relationships and in that emotional narrative. And I know that you um, have edited film trailers. You mm-hmm. know, I know that that's, that's been a big portion of your, you know, main endeavor but then there's these beautiful creative projects like curious ear which i am so excited to have people hear about ear about and <laughs> uh of course like your own private projects like laurel hurst which is a, a short like web series that is so funny and how i sort of was introduced to your zany personality and of course i got to connect with you because you and tree met on Ragbri. Uh, which is so random. Uh-huh. Tree is from Asheville. You are from all over the place, currently living in Portland. And Dude Storm, Babe Storm has emitted this frequency of love and delight that just keeps giving to itself and rebirthing itself in different places. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll talk about your active life as well. But uh, I know, let's go back to your childhood and how that started for you. You know, you're the youngest of three siblings. Mm-hmm. Your father was a pastor at a very um, charismatic church experience. Uh, and what you shared with me is that it that it had a lot of limitations, almost like the Jehovah's Witness sect of church where you weren't allowed to sing Christmas carols or to participate in a lot of the activities that public school children would do. And we talked some about the sense of belonging. So I'd love to hand the proverbial mic over to Hugh and hear about uh, hear about little Travis. I want to hear about little you. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you you definitely summed it up in a really beautiful way, um, in a very gracious way too. So thank you. Um, but it's it's just odd to reflect back on it now because it's it's been a really long time since I have, um, and just recently been doing a lot of kind of internal. Um, work and that's that's forced me to look back to my origin story and and connect the dots between what I'm interested in and like what things have come out of me creatively and like where why where that comes from and like you mentioned um 
Laurel Hers, uh, and that was a, didn't even realize it until looking back on it just recently, what, what was going on there, which was kind of using the metaphor of these characters to express a deeper truth and a deeper journey and struggle that has been with me from the beginning, which is uh, this character who's just really seeking belonging um, and connection and love and has these obstacles to achieving that as we all do. Um, but that's, that's certainly been kind of at the forefront of my mind for a long time. And I, I in that reflection, looking back um, and just looking at childhood and yeah, it was, was raised in, I guess you'd call it like a fringe religion that was um, very restricting. And I, I suppose a lot of religions can be, um, but how that showed up in, in my life was, um, pretty much any sort of cultural uh, ritual that would happen was, was forbidden. And so, like you said, like Christmas was, was off the table with Halloween. Um, <laughs> we had to uh, like literally hide in the basement with the lights off like on that night um, so that like folks would, wouldn't come by and whatever else. And uh, it's weird looking back on it now. Like I kind of remember it as a bit of a cozy time because just being in the darkness with my sisters and mom, like making up stories and, and also just being bored out of my mind and, and also not understanding like why this, this um, isolation from this thing that the world around us was taking part in. Um, I think from that, w- out of a necessity of like needing to still play and like be in landscapes that the rest of the world seemed to be in, I kind of, discovered this landscape of imagination and, and, and dreaming and magical thinking and um, which also shows up in pretty much everything I've ever done. Um, and like you touched upon too, just a, a significant moment that we, we talked about this past weekend that stood out was um, choir was this really exciting time for my school because all the different grades, or sorry, all the different classes within your grade would all come together in this one moment. That's the only time that you got to see Angela and Tony and Rick and uh, and almost always the songs that we were singing were uh, had to do something with Valentine's Day or Easter or Christmas. And that was strictly forbidden um, with the thing I grew up in. And I was really obedient growing up. Um, and so rather than singing, we were, we, my sisters and I, in this particular class, I was like set on a stool <laughs> at the like side front of the class where everyone would see me. And I like look at old movies of people like being put on the dunce hat, whatever else. And it was like, it just felt just like that. Um, and I tried to like pretend like I wasn't like crying and just totally mortified on the inside by like reading a book and be like, oh yeah. I'm, I'm, and sometimes I wouldn't even imagine that I was like directing the choir or whatever. <laughs> But what was really happening inside communication wise was like, hey, you don't belong here. You're not allowed to be here. Um, you're, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't fit in here. Um, which I, I, I think I tried to spin into a positive light over the years being like, oh, I'm so like wacky and independent. And like, because I don't feel like I belong here, like, I'm over here, I'm over here. And like this part, like this friend group gets to see this part of me and this friend group gets to see that part of me. But um, didn't really feel like there was any place where like all of me 
was welcomed and invited. Um, and certainly when I would come home from school, I, um, I, I was back into the confines of, of this religion that I, I really didn't understand or agree with or really believe, but that was not an option to um, have beliefs outside of that. And so rather than be open with that, I, I kind of learned this fawning behavior and this um, started to learn a very, what I see now is a very limiting belief that, okay, you know, you, you're also not safe to be yourself here. You're, you're not safe to belong there or you're not safe to be yourself here. Therefore, like the only place that you really can live truly is in your imagination or like when you literally go into the closet. <laughs> like this was this little stark space I had where like I had some like music and and some like books that were, you know, kind of forbidden and I and I hid it. Um and so like I didn't see that at the time as this strange thing. And it wasn't until fast forwarding, you know, thirty some odd years later and being uh having a, a, a long-term relationship just end and trying to understand like what my part to play in that was and like how to take responsibility for things that got in the way and, and starting to connect some dots that um, some of those be some of those def- protective protocols that I learned early on have stuck with me. And that's part of my journey now is trying to unlearn those and, and, and learn new ones. Um, and and part of that mantra that I'm that I'm echoing now is that you are safe, you do belong, you are welcome, and um, you are allowed to share the 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 softest, most afraid parts of your being with someone. And and not only are you allowed to, but that's welcome. And and it turns out like the more vulnerable you are, like the more opportunity we have to bond because then we get to take turns holding each other. Um, it's really hard to give someone a hug who's like so strong, you know, like, I'm so strong. I'm you know, it's like your muscles like bump into each other. <laughs> and if you allow yourself to be soft and, and admit um, your fears and things and the, the power of them starts to dissolve and gets replaced with this really vibrant love. Um, and so, uh, I think, again, like that origin really gave me a strong yearning for connection that I, I didn't quite feel. Um, and not only just a connection just in the mental landscape, but in the spiritual landscape and in the, in the, the, the vast caverns of, of uh, beliefs or disbeliefs. Um, and like you... We're, we're mentioning earlier, like Little Horse, fast forwarding again. It's like when I was um, writing that out, like I didn't realize that it was a metaphor for myself until looking back on it. Like here is this character who's like main drive, and um, where he finds his value and purpose is in connecting with others and like being loved and like getting to love. And when this character loses like the biggest part of that connection point. Um, he, he seeks to immediately replace it with some other purpose. Um, this, 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 this job of getting really good at his job. And it seemed like this just wild 
ridiculous uh, way of illustrating the obstacles that we sometimes have, and they're probably all different. Um, and in this case, it was this, this a job that was uh, set up to to make him be immediately prejudged and and despised just for this thing that he <laughs> he's doing that's not really even his choice. Um, it just seemed it's like a parking enforcement, you know? right? Sorry, but I guess I should should lay out some more specifics rather than speaking in such vague terms. Um, yeah, it's a it's a parking enforcer who's looking for love in all the wrong places, and uh, everywhere he goes, he's like, "Oh, hello, hello, can we be friends?" And they're like, "Get out of my way!" Um, which I think those frictions and dichotomies like can create a lot of fun moments. Um, but I, again, didn't didn't realize until just relatively recently, like, oh, wow, I, that was pretty autobiographical. <laughs> Oops. Uh, oh, are they all going to know? <laughs> well, I think any writer, you have to write what you know. Yeah. You know, even if you're writing fiction, like you have to, you know, you have to understand like where things are moving from, what they're motivated by. And I mean, just like you edit film, like if, there, if it feels untrue, everyone's going to know it. Mm-hmm. So it, but you see your truth being channeled through Laurelhurst is that's that transmutive care bear. You took your process and channeled it through your heart. And it's like a parking enforcement guy with relationship problems. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a romantic, that character. And, and the film is very, very funny because I think that you have this, this lens of humor and delight, this really childlike curiosity that comes through all the way that you move. Um, and there's still that very like sensitive person inside of you. You know, I think, uh, you know, knowing we're in a time where like toxic masculinity is being super questioned. Mm -hmm. And I think that you are someone who dares to be different in a way where you allow yourself to be both things, both masculine and feminine. And, you know, I mean, you're very much like male presenting and you're a very good looking person and you're, you know, you, you do all of these things that are like male presenting in our culture, but you're tender and you're soft and you hug and you play the way that I think that humans are sort of robbed of, especially male identifying humans. Wow. Yeah. You nailed it. Um, and that just, that just um, r- reminds me again of this sacred weekend we just shared, you, Tree, and, and I, and, and, S- and Sam before that, and just all these wonderful conversations we had around that idea of like what it means to be X, Y, and Z, and how I think we're in a really exciting time now where like not only are we questioning that, but from questioning um, all of these social constructs and w- what it means to be this and how we identify and how we um, present um, from those questions comes this gorgeous freedom to express and in, in more natural ways that um, just feels like light pour water pouring through a vessel rather than it needing to take the shape and like coming out as ice, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, I've got to turn these, all this water into ice cubes. Cause I am man, you know, <laughs> rather than that, like we can like, Oh no, this could actually be like this, this mist going over. A, I, I think I'm getting too abstract, but um, I, <laughs> I just really, we talked a lot about elements this weekend. So I can true. see where the, the water molecules and they're, they're ever, changing shapes would be pertinent but Mm -hmm. yeah but mm -hmm. 
Well, I think I was getting at there was with the conversations with Tree and how we talked a lot about the vulnerability of um, asking the world to see you as something other than you've been seen as and how how much courage it takes to express that and be and request that um but it doesn't stop there because whoever you invite into that vulnerability they also get the opportunity to be vulnerable and saying that I'm going to mess this up I have all of this history that's informing all these subconscious ways in which I speak um and so even if I'm trying, I'm still going to keep falling on my face in front of you. And, um, and, and therein is also a vulnerability. And so we get to take turns again. And, and like we talked about just a little bit ago, like when we're, we're vulnerable, then all of a sudden we, this, this wonderful little, uh, connection happens, this hug that we, we, we might've missed had we not, um, taken the time to lean into that. And so I think that's a really special, uh, little microcosm within a giant, world that that seems to be happening all over the place now which is which is very exciting there's a shift happening for sure but the pendulum keeps swinging back the other way so we just have to swing harder Mm -hmm. into vulnerability yeah um so that that leads me to you know the conversation about the curious ear and Mm -hmm. how the origin story of that the vulnerability that comes with that um, you know, we've talked a lot about your desire for connections and the desire for conversation and communication, all of those things. And I feel like the Curious Ear Project really has added up to something vital in expressing who you are, but as, as well as inviting people into that space. So tell me where that came from and what it looks like, you know, just sure. describe to people. Yeah, totally. Um, like you said, um, Louisville was part of my origin story and um, very limited scope because I was only seven while I was there and we, we lived kind of out in the country. And so even within that space, uh, everything I saw had to do with my family and, and nature and just playing and, and, and the trees. And, um, and so I guess this was a little while ago now, maybe seven six or maybe, maybe six, six years ago, um, hadn't been back since to Louisville and was just really, again, been, been seeking connection and trying to understand the past so I can better understand the present and future. And so went back to visit Louisville, um, and was immediately taken and charmed by just this curious nature that seemed to be around, um, when I would go to a to uh, the grocery store, like I felt like I just got into a conversation, like 10, 10 minutes with the cashier, like immediately we're just like, wow, what is this? This is, this is unique. This is neat. And, um, but I just randomly found myself, um, at an Airbnb, not knowing anything about the town and was walking around and I was like, wow, I've, I've been walking around for like a day and haven't seen a single white person. That's so interesting. I had, I, I didn't know. And then like, I, I finally just started talking with strangers and, that eventually came up. I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. And they're like, oh, well, you're in the black part of town. I was like, oh, wow, there's different parts of town still based on the death. And like, oh, yeah. And it just kind of shocked me. Um, and it was really great to see like, oh, wow, like, boy, we have come a long ways. And boy, we've also stayed the same in so many ways. And like, trying not to judge it, but just realize that 
there are still and continue to be these man, these uh, it just keeps it's still here. Like all of our past is still like part of our present, and um, I just was walking around really feeling that and feeling bad for my ancestors' part in that, and. I'm so solution oriented that I just kept thinking like, okay, what would be a way if, there, if this was like a a charcoal painting, these hard edges, like what would blend those lines a little bit? And I just started imagining these tin cans and strings being stretched across these um, invisible boundary lines. And eventually that took took shape and this idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if there was these portals, like this little glowing thing that you came up to and as you walk closer, you heard like a voice on the other side. And then maybe you start talking with that voice and, and you realize that it's this person that's like on a totally different part of town that you've never been to. And then what if y'all like, thought, oh man, we're so, we have so many things in common. We're both talking about this star system. What in the heck? We should meet up. And maybe that would cause each other to visit spaces that they hadn't been in before and realize like how much they belong there as well. And um, that's, how it started with this deep desire to facilitate uh, or potentially like um, inspire connection amongst groups of people who might not otherwise meet just in terms of pure geography or uh, social political um, divisions. And uh, it, it really grew. I was, I was very fortunate and that it was, it was top of mind for a while and I couldn't figure out the technology angle of it. And, and then um ended up meeting this really incredible fellow named Dimitri who uh, helped me on, on that angle. And then I started working on the art and it was really fun to get to create these seven foot tall ears and mouths um, just, just as a fun art project. And I got to work with, an, with a, another former collaborator, Mark Gerard, and um, it just brought together this really exciting um, energy. And from that, like what that eventually took shape in was um, putting those structures into places and just brainstorming like, okay, what are, what are two places that might not otherwise cross paths? Like um, an elder care facility and an elementary school. And so we started reaching out to those places and most folks said yes. And so we were able to set up in these places and, and then all of a sudden, you know, a seven-year-old um, and you know, Northeast Portland is hearing the story of from a 70 year old in like deep Southeast Holgate area about World War Two. But like, the, you know, they're talking about this experience that really bonded them. And then vice versa, we'd flop the ear in the mouth. And, and then all of a sudden now this 72 year old lady named Donna is, is, is hearing stories about, you know, you know, fitting in in school and like this, 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 project that they're working on where they get to write about MLK and like it's just kind of that that was how it how it started and and it's just really exciting to get to witness and like as someone who loves story and loves telling stories um it's nice to also just take an observant point of view and get to sit back and just just kind of clap and cheer and and watch people get to connect um in a way that really doesn't have anything to do with me that I I get to just watch from the sidelines and um and hear people sing and and something too that's neat about a big ear is there's this um subconscious intimacy i think we feel because typically when you're like leaning into an ear you're telling something like hey hey 
like a little bit of a secret or maybe a confession or something like that. And I think something about that and the anonymous nature of it really um, is exciting because it, again, it, it connects a little bit deeper to maybe a vulnerable spot in us that we feel safe in order to tell a stranger that we might not tell to someone who um, has expectations about who we are to them and all the rest. So, yeah. And so that's it's still happening now. And um, I'm, I'm still looking for new places to set it up and new ways to build the structures and new ways in which um, those connection points might exist beyond just the audio landscape, but just in video as well. Like you had mentioned an eyeball the other day. And I think that would be a really neat way to connect different places too with um, just these portals between uh, Paris, France and Paris, Texas, you know, like just, just two visual doors where someone just walks by and sees someone in a doorway way out there and, and they're moving and dancing and maybe they're mirroring each other. And before they know it, they're, they're sharing a tango um, and, and, and maybe they're not so wacky different after all. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that because I, I love that it was just a mouth and an ear because it takes away that visual mm-hmm. prejudice that we all have. Yeah. You know, whether we, whether we want to believe it or not, visual prejudice is a real thing. And yeah. uh, I think in American culture specifically where, you know, male gaze and patriarchal gaze has been sort of embedded in us about yeah. looks and beauty and what, and what is determined as beauty and mm-hmm. I know how toxic that's been for my experience being in a, in a female body. And, you know, I'm sure that there's a, you know, the other side of that, like the, the flip of how much it traps males into seeing things, or maybe they like something that's outside of the norm and then they feel criticized that maybe right. they like, you know, a big butt or <laughs> whatever it is that that people enjoy and what feels beautiful. But the idea of bringing an eye into the project, I, I like that because then there is that visual cue that you can interact with people mm-hmm. rather than just like listening or speaking. Right. So I dig that. Um, I, I hope that you get to take that to Louisville. I didn't realize the sculptures were seven feet tall, you know, because <laughs> I've only seen them on the one inch screen of Instagram. Sure. <laughs> and it, like, it's hard to tell in context, but mm-hmm. I... Uh, I adore that, Travis. That's that's beautiful that you took the initiative and then you collaborated, which is such a Libran activity to like <laughs> need other to complete something. Mm, yeah. Um, tell me about interviewing plants and where that came from. Was that uh, <laughs> was that a panini response, or have you been interviewing plants for a while? Definitely a panini response. Um, for all the challenges of quarantine and isolation, um, I think these these wonderful opportunities for breakthrough um, and and rediscovery of of self um, outside of our previous identifications um, certainly that that happened with me. Um, this is probably three or four months into the pandemic, and I had lost my job for the first time. And my whole career, I never had a moment where like, boom, it was was all gone. And like just about anything I could think to do, um, everyone was set (laughs) on movie trailers for me at the moment. And so it really did uh, knock me on my ass. And and, and it was a bit of an ego death where like I didn't, I hadn't realized just how much of my identity and confidence and self-esteem had come from being pretty successful at this job editing movie trailers. And without that, all of a sudden, I, I 
I I think I, I have this um, insatiable desire to try to look at the positive. And so immediately when that happened, I was like, oh, great. Now there's opportunities to work on this project. And da, 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 da. and I hadn't really sat down and acknowledged how I, the, the shadow side of that, which I had felt like a loser. <laughs> and I know that sounds really lame saying that out loud, but that's, that's how I felt. Like, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not good enough to be, you know, however, I, th- I think I probably took on how a lot of folks felt when they lost jobs or couldn't get jobs and the rest, um, but just hadn't acknowledged it. And so this particular day, I was sitting out in the backyard, and for the first time, I allowed myself to feel that and say it out loud. And it just so happened to be that there was a dandelion next to me, <laughs> and I started just talking to it. And it was—it's weird looking back on it that like the person I've, the thing I felt the most safe to like express. Um, my weakness, my feeling of weakness too, was this plant. <laughs> and so I did, and I just cried, and I just uh, grieved and uh, mourned this this thing that I had, um, that I felt like I had, which I never really did, but I, I, I did that. And then I would just hear what it would say back, was like, ah, oh, you're good. Like, check me out. I'm still growing. I have. I don't have a job. What's a job? What is job? <laughs> and it just cracked me up. I kept talking more and more. I spent the entire afternoon just like waltzing around my backyard, talking to different flowers and the grass and all this stuff. And this, it just it made my things that I was see, being so upset and struggling to about just seems so silly in in contrast, and it, it just really giggled me and lit me up. And so, uh, I think maybe the next day I, I I went out there again and I just kept talking with them. I was like, "Man, y'all are funny. What's your deal? What's your?" And eventually, I figured, you know, as I, as I do most times, if I'm like, "Well, if this is making me laugh or this makes me feel really lifted, then maybe." Someone else might get a kick out of this or might get a little break from whatever they're stressing about in the moment. And so I just started recording them. And uh, before long, I I had quite a few. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you just never know. Like if you, I think if you think about like what an audience might want, you know, you, you, you immediately put yourself in this trap. Um, and that was a, a pure moment of just doing what just, what just sprang out of me out of necessity and mental breakdown <laughs> and um, sharing that again like that vulnerability it was like I'm and using metaphor like I'm, I'm making this joke out of something that like is seems very real to me um, and by sharing that and then having others be like oh my goodness I do that too or like hey that's that's pretty stinking funny like I'm gonna uh, talk to my uh, daffodils tomorrow as well and like it's I've got this really st- strange and unexpected um, connection point from other folks that I, I think we all probably talked to, to plants or maybe, maybe I don't want to assume that, but um, certainly it was neat to be able to uh, see that that encouraged other folks to similarly lean into the nature around them for solace and healing. And um, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's really where it came from. It's so great because you're in a bathrobe. Yeah. <laughs> have this like cardboard tube with like a construction paper on the end of it as a makeshift microphone. Know, yeah. <laughs> microphone. Um I, yeah, I, I love I love that you're you know using your imagination and like allowing yourself to kind of other with plants. Mm. And that 
that brings the conversation back to the Libran journey. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to get too off track, you know, with the, like the Libra storyline, but I wonder how much of your identity belongs in the lens of another, like needing a witness yeah. or needing someone to see you, which is, I think that that's such an important part of the human experience is feeling seen. Yeah. And if there's anything I know about Libras being a Libra rising, um, there is a sense of being able to really acknowledge and see others and honor others because we know how to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me like when you started noticing that you like to have the attention, you know, was mm-hmm. it in your imagination as a boy in the closet or when did you sort of like come out of yourself? Was it when you moved to LA? Like mm-hmm. a big part of that was, was college um, getting away from, uh, I don't want to phrase it in that way, but I, yeah, being in this very confining space, um, which was, you know, my, my father's household and, um, getting away to college and then getting to live on my own and like meet the theater kids and like, boy, did I have fun like playing and, uh, performing on stage. And yeah. And, and that, that attention aspect you mentioned and being seen was definitely, um, tickled, um, and, and, and that arena. And also it felt, um, I was just, I'm, I'm always just so, uh, blown away by people's gifts. Um, and, and, and some people have a gift with numbers and have, have, uh, a gift with, with art and, and, and drawing or articulating in a way that I've always just been so impressed by. Um, and one of the things that just felt natural for me, is like, um, per- performing on stage. And I think part of that again, ties into, my upbringing and feeling like I needed to like be um, a certain version of myself in order to like ha- be worthy of love, um, and so like even if it had a little bit of a troubling beginning, I think it led to some pretty um, neat channels of expressing and 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 getting like you said that sense of being seen, um, and I think you really nailed it too in terms of. I hadn't realized, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty rookie in terms of my sign and, and how those things inform my life. So it's always really lovely to um, have those reflections back from, from someone like yourself who has done so much time and, and work and researching and knowing these things and, and intuiting how, how that informs us. Um, but yeah, that has been a really big part of my journey of um, seeing myself through someone else's lens. Um, and part of that I've just kind of accepted and, and, and tried to work with. And only recently, um, within the last couple of months, um, just to get open and, and vulnerable. And I know we talked a lot about this this weekend, but like having been in a three-year partnership um, and then that not being there like, and, and feeling this, this kind of crushing feeling and trying to analyze what that was and, and realizing like how much I had personally stored and the reflection of this other person and like in lieu of having my own love for myself or my own like thinking that hey I'm pretty neat I could kind of um really come to rely on on someone else's you know, lock stock and barrel and so it's been a really I'm thankful for this journey now of, of facing um, 
facing a, a, a news landscape um, where I'm looking less outward for for that feeling of belonging and, and connection and, and looking a little bit more upward and inward and downward for that um, sense of belonging and being and um, self-worthiness. Um, so I, I'm getting a little bit lost from the question, I think, which am I remembering right in terms of like where were the kind of the shifting points of like finding, finding that... Um, well, I think part of the, the journey that you shared with me is the performative aspect of, of uh, meeting other people's desires, that mirroring mm-hmm. that happens with um, the people-pleasing aspect yeah. or the codependency that comes with this mirroring identity, that mm-hmm. we start to shape our own behavior based on what responses that we desire from other people. Right. And it, it's... It's, it is manipulative in nature, but it, it's something to meet our needs that need to be seen and to, to please others and to be, to create harmonious environments rather than finding that central point of access and balance within ourselves, right? right? We, we seek to balance other people's responses to us mm-hmm. rather than us finding the balance within right. our own journey, which is it's a conundrum, honestly, yeah. because it, it has to be both things. You have to be balanced within yourself, but, and how do you not anticipate or try to derive the response from others mm-hmm. when, when you do nest, you want to be peaceful and harmonious and mm-hmm. giving and people pleasing and connected to, to the world around you. Um, yeah, it's a, it seems to be a very delicate dance. Um, and I try to look at nature for models of how those things can um, ebb and flow, and we talked a little bit about a little bit about that that tree in, in Louisville. Um, uh, this kind of uh, this very grounded and rooted trunk that was stable, um, and then noticing that from that stability. And from that groundedness, the branches were allowed to uh, express and bend and flow and twirl in the wind. And like how both of those were part of this divine dance between masculine and feminine. And it, it, I think just leaning in and embodying both of those things in the same way as like being grounded within yourself uh, as well, as well as reaching out for someone's hand on the dance floor and like being able to twirl and uh, in order to like, be dipped or to dip someone like someone else needs to have their feet on the ground as well. And so it's just such a balance. And I think it's just a constant um, request and to, to the universe of like, Hey, like, please help, help me be grounded in you and just feel safe and welcome in you. And, and, and therefore maybe I might also be able to help someone else feel grounded or might be able to dip or twirl a dance partner um, and, and vice versa, be, take, take turns being held. And yeah, I don't know if there's ever a, a, a quick solution or answer to it. It feels like every day it's, it's kind of a surrendering to, to the, the, the chaos <laughs> of it all and just trusting that um, if I uh, trust myself and I trust intuition and I trust spirit, that those things will um, 
will align and there will be moments of harmony. And even in moments of grief and pain, there's these beautiful sparkling moments of light and connection. And I bring it back to this past weekend, um, just getting to witness you and tree um, and just, just made my, my heart so soft. And, um, I feel like, um, I'm, I'm just extra porous right now. And so like, it was really beautiful to get to be in y'all's space and just see your love languages and see y'all's way of communicating, even just strategizing about how to plan the day in this really supportive and thoughtful way. And just see the smiles you exchanged and the hugs. And I just felt so, I was just am still so moved and lit up by that sparkling joy and love that you all share. And like, I think that's just as important of a role to play is to witness, you know, even if, um, yeah, if, 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 if one is not in, in relationship, it's just as sweet to get to see, see that somewhere else. Um, and, uh, I feel like that we still have access to these moments of pure presence, even in the midst of uh, brain swirls. Um, the other night, I, it's been thundering a bunch out here in the Midwest, which I love. And um, there was this night where I just stepped outside and, and sat in it for a while, just the rain and thunder and was watching the sky just <laughs> light up in the edges of the clouds, like bumping up against each other in this miraculous sky dance and it wasn't until like afterwards I realized like boy I was right there and like we do even if it's not just watching a a thunderstorm you know if it's just watching um some squirrels chase each other up a tree you know or like some some flowers dancing in the breeze like we we still have access to presence and and love and compassion and belonging um, at least a few times throughout each day. <laughs> well, I always try to remind people that regardless if they're in a like named partnership, you know, that we're uh-huh. always in relationship. That's like it. you and I are developing a relationship. Yeah. And I love that you brought up lightning and thunder. I've actually been reading quite a bit about that this last week and watched way too many YouTube videos, but it was, I, I drove through that storm. I was on the edge of that storm the whole way through Iowa yeah. back into Milwaukee and, you know, definitely listened to Riders on the Storm by the Doors <laughs> on repeat a couple times. But, um, you know, I'm having this very Iranian Uranus moment in my own life. And so I think that lightning is really interesting to me. And, you know, as a Libra rising and speaking to a Libra who's always trying to find harmony and balance between dual edges or the binary, which is being broken, by the way, in society. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lightning, they can't really explain it other than it's ions, positively and negatively charged ions that separate. And then the lightning is them trying to, to get back together oh, wow. to find balance once again so they break apart and then they crash together and try to meet the ions on the ground as well so it is this like nature trying to create balance and it's five times hotter than the sun and it it happens so quickly like the the charge and they'll never be able to capture lightning the equipment that it would take to try to 
anticipate where a lightning bolt is going to land, it's absolutely impossible. Right. And it's, it's sort of like chasing relationships in our own life. We mm. don't know when lightning's going to strike. Yeah. We don't know. We just have to trust, you know, that, that these relationships that we have, the magic that you have in these, these transactions with strangers, you know, the man on the train in Italy and the grocery store clerk and your plants, you know, everything that you're relating to is a way of mirroring for yourself and trying to achieve balance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that in adult relationships, we're trying to achieve balance and harmony from the harms of childhood. Yeah. I never put that harm and harmony together that there's a connection with those words, but you know, the power dynamics that we experience in childhood, often they'll, they'll reproduce themselves over and over again in our adult relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my, my story, I have, you know, um, I have kind of a narcissist father. I hope that he's not listening to this because I, I love him dearly, but it's just part of his wiring. You know, it's just who, who he is, how he moves through the world. And, you know, I think that narcissists in my journey have been that power dynamic playing out over and over again of being an empath and needing a more powerful narcissist to kind of reinforce my behavior and for me to reinforce theirs. Mm -hmm. So that's the power dynamic. And then I would get away from the narcissist and I would go find someone that liked me more than I liked them. And then I would find another narcissist. And it was just this pattern that repeated itself until I could see it. Mm -hmm. And until you see the pattern, it doesn't exist. You know, it's something completely subconscious to the way that we interact with the world and our journey, reinforcing the harms of childhood and these stories that we tell about ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, the, me, you know, you talk about tree and my relationship. Well, that's the result of both of us doing so much work on ourselves about power dynamics and relationships mm-hmm. and still honoring those pieces of ourselves through play. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think the kink and bondage community, although it's not something that like I really dabble in, I also see how important that is in our psychology mm-hmm. of how we need, we need that power dynamic, that play in our minds to help us to reconcile experiences in our past. You know, a lot of people heal trauma through those playful experiences that we have with consenting adults yeah. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I, I know that you, you're, you know, you are healing from a recent, um, breakup and I, I hope that you can find that peace and balance within yourself again, because it's, it's tough. We blame ourselves. We think that it's our fault or that we ruined something, but sometimes it's just that you're not meant to be together, you know, that you learned your lessons and it's time to move on. And, what I love about hearing your journey is that you've not demonized or um, said any critical words about this other in your life, that you're really trying to see it for what it is and take the lessons and move forward. But this, this is, this is the hard part. Yeah. And for anyone who's experiencing heartache, it sucks yeah. and then it gets better. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I don't know. I think time is, it takes time to work and work through and process. And it takes time to get to know another human. Mm-hmm. We, we project, right? Like as humans, we project onto one another. We use our imaginations when you have rich imaginations, like mm-hmm. both of us. And 
maybe this person will be my other half. Yeah. Like, no, I am my other half. Yeah. For someone who also knows their other half. Yeah. It, that's a process. Mm-hmm. And I just did a whole monologue, so forgive me for that. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you. And that reminds me of what you were, you and Tree were talking about yesterday, how I think you, you forgive me if I'm getting this wildly wrong, but you said you were, you were Jane looking for, Tarzan and they were Tarzan looking for Jane and then realized that oh I am I'm Jarzan or am I get, I'm, I'm pushing this <laughs> <laughs> um and realizing that you were your own Tarzan you know and then it kind of it took that marriage and you also mentioned something that I love too which was like marrying the parts of yourself again that you have divorced um and by like um from, from different societal things that kind of pull us apart it, it, it can be a really traumatic uh, uh, world <laughs> to walk through you know and uh, really can break you the heck and apart and and it probably does every single day and so it's like such a practice um every morning and night to kind of stitch those pieces back together and, and hold them and, and let them them grow and feel safe to to be what they are and who they are and how they are yeah I think part of the Libra journey, you know, in, in esoteric astrology and using some of the principles from other faith systems like Buddhism, that right relationship, which is one of the, the, the noble, noble path of, of Buddhism is part of that is right relationship and right action. But right relationship has to start with ourselves and self-harm. You know, that we that we actually hurt ourselves either in seeking community, communion, or because we absolutely despise ourselves and think that we're not worthy or we deserve suffering. And that often comes from religion or things that do create communal aspects. And I, I think that I, I am not a scholar, and that's something that I, I would like to try to dive into a bit further in this journey, understanding Libra better, Um but, you know, right relationship, we have that with with plants, right? Like you talking to the plants is kind of an interesting relationship, but you watering them and caring for them and stewarding their growth and their healthiness, healthiness then you get to respond from that because they, they express their beauty and you get to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it happens with the way we interact mm-hmm. with water you know, when, you know, out of a faucet or how much water that we're consuming or what we're using it for, are we wasting it? Are we right relating with our clothing and our objects? And it, you can relate with anything that you interact with. Yeah. But the human relationships and group relationships are the hardest that we have because you can't control what the other is doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's why Libra communication is so important. And being able to know this is what I'm feeling and express that. You know, the story I'm telling myself is that you find me unworthy and that I'm not lovable. And it turns out that they're just hungry and in a bad mood because they're hungry. It's not because you're unlovable. It's because they're having their own internal universe thing happening. And we're all in our own boats. And like, I can't get in your boat, Travis, and you'll never get into my boat. We'll never know what the other person is fully experiencing on the inside. And that's why expression and communication and trust is so important in the way that we connect. Yeah. 
and to piggyback yeah. off of that in, in terms of connecting with ourselves as well. And you had, you had asked me that, I think yesterday, that um, idea of like, what would you say to your seven-year-old self or what would they say to you? And uh, that's one of my favorite exercises from the artist way is like, you know, what would your 70 year old self like give you in terms of advice or just, um, just, yeah, just in, in terms of understanding. And, and that that's the first thing that like shows up for me is if I'm like imagining like seven year old Travis, who's, uh, doesn't feel like he can be, um, who, who he is and, and still like have access to love. I would, I would try to tell him like, you do you're safe um and and yeah boy do you want to connect with other people and like that's oh that's great um but what i might remind them is like you already are whether you can see it or not and if you believe in something that you can't see or can't feel or touch it doesn't make you a weirdo that actually makes you pretty neat and um there's whole worlds of um of other people who 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 think and see the world that way and, and, and believing in these and in this interconnectedness. Um, and that, that's, that, 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 that can be beautiful. And that, um, if, if you feel restricted in, in one relationship in terms of how you, how you could be, that doesn't mean that, um, that that's wrong, that that part of you needs to hide or feel shame or guilt about that. Like you can, you can still be that and you can still hold space for that. Um, and in time and in the right place and whatever, you, you'll find other communities that, that hold space for that. And, and, and not only that, but welcome and invite that. And that's something that's been um, something I've really struggled with is feeling invited and, and, and welcome to express. And a lot of times I'll express just to myself for its own sake. And then I'll take a little bit of courage and say like, what if I share this? Um, and, and it's been really a beautiful journey to get, get to kind of, um, uh, see that that can also be a connecting force too. Um, and just sharing the, the, the fears and then the other parts that aren't as glamorous to talk about. Um, and, um, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, someone's going to take their love away from you just because you express your fear. Um. And also this idea, I think, keeps popping in my head about, um, you know, this is something that I, I talked a lot about with um, my, my partner in Curious Ear, Dimitri, um, this idea of, of people over ideas um, and how really our, our ideas shapes, I mean, you know, they're our stories. They're how we connect and how we shape our world. And they're really cool. And yet there's still ideas. There's still they're still constructed um, and people are, they're right there. And I've spent so many times in my life and some of my biggest regrets from when I let an idea um, get in the way of, of, of a person. Um, I let our differing ideologies be a, a wall rather than um, just looking at that person and seeing their ideas and their, their way of looking at the world and who they are is beautiful in and of itself. And, um, when I, when, and like, like you, you mentioned earlier, this, this giant polarity that's happening right now, and there's no shortage of, of things of like, Hey, are you on board with this? Or are you on board with that? And if you're on board with this, 
cool, now, how about this issue? How about this issue? And before you know it, like, if you're looking for someone who sees the way the world in the same way you do, like, your world gets really small. Like, boy, there's like one of you, <laughs> you know? And so, like, if we can look beyond these these structures that we're constantly told to focus on, like, hey, how, how are you going to be? How are you going to project? What are the what are your opinions and da 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 like those are important yes but they're also like they're still ideas and if um if someone's idea is like woo that's scary that makes me um that makes me have to look at my own repressed feelings and that makes me feel look at my own like self uh hate or you know the things in myself that I don't like ooh don't like that like rather than judging that like can we also move forward to just being curious i mean Ah, curious curiosity seems to be just on the opposite side of judgment all the time. Anytime you come up and like, oh, I don't think I like that about that. Like, just ask a question about it. And before you know it, like, oh boy, I can understand that. And now I, I really think that's cool. Oh man, I love that about you. I didn't realize that. That's so neat. Um, it's so much harder said than done. And I'm, I'm still trying to practice that every single day. Um, and I, maybe I can do it really good from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then by 7 o'clock, I'm like, nope, I'm <laughs> all full up on understanding. But uh seems You're to be. still willing to go there. And I, I see you bringing your seven-year-old self everywhere that you go. I mean, just your your sense of humor and your playfulness and your movement and that curiosity. That That's something that's very apparent in the way that you move through the questions that you ask. I feel like you asked me so many questions this week weekend and I'm like, I hadn't even thought of it from that perspective or does he really care? You know, that's the question I ask myself because a lot of times people don't know how to listen. They're just waiting to speak mm. and you, you give both, you know, you, you are willing to listen and to speak just like your curious ear and curious mouth. So thank you. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being with me. Oh, I just love this. You. I love getting to capture your story in a jar. You are my firefly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you too. I've had so much fun with you this past weekend and I'm just really looking forward to what we might discover and collaborate on moving forward. So thank you so much for inviting me into your space and sharing your time with with me and Tree and Sam. It's just, it's been so beautiful. It's really lit me up and will continue to. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're the best. I'm just like. <laughs> I've cried like 14 different times throughout this uh, conversation. So uh, that really speaks volumes to where, where, you, where you're able to take us and how safe you make people feel um, in, in going there. And so thank you for your guidance and thank you for this service that you're providing to, to folks. I think it's so beautiful. Um, I'm just truly honored and moved to that you asked me to be a part of it. And that was my new friend, Travis Abels, speaking with me just like a month ago for Libra season. And I'm so appreciative of the time, honesty, authenticity, heart all the things that this person embodies. So thank you, Travis. You can follow the Curious Ear Project on Instagram, as well as Travis's personal page, Travis J. 
Uh, I'll post those up in there. Um, their, their show Laurel Hurst, which is just a mini series, this comedy, beautiful relational story about <laughs> a, a parking meter attendant <laughs> in Portland, uh, is, is available online. And I'll find the link for that as well to post uh, for you to check out. What uh, incredible character. Travis, again, thank you for joining me on the show uh, and for sharing yourself. So I hope that you enjoy your Libra season. This is Lauren K. Hickman. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren K. Hickman. Uh, sign up for the Moon Mailer to get your bi-monthly letter in your inbox uh, to get more thoughts and brain droppings on the current astrological energies. And you can follow me uh, on the social medias uh, to get my, my thoughts on things and catch updates on the world as it unravels. I hope that you're taking good care of yourself. I hope that you are being in relationship to your own needs and your own wishes and desires and hopes and dreams in this big, crazy world, in this big, crazy time. And until next time, I hope you stay inspired. Thank you.